Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This week has gone by super fast, Harley. And it's been nothing but CJ Stroud highlights. I rewatched the highlights from the from the Texans versus Tampa Bay game at least 20 times by now. I mean, they even have the 40-minute version of the last couple of minutes. I've seen that a couple of times, too. I think we've all become Stroud boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, guys, we want to welcome everyone to another episode of Believe in the Houston Texans. I am one part of your show, Ruben Calvillo, joined by my guy, Harley Dugan. And this episode was brought to you by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops, betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEAV. Believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And guys, before I bring him in, I want to let you know we have fire guests for y'all, and that is courtesy of Believe in the Houston Texans. We have former Ohio State Buckeye, former Oakland Raider, Miami Dolphin, Chimdi Chekwa. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. It is an honor to talk to you. Thanks for having me, y'all. How y'all doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Good, man. We're uh, we're uh. This is the most happiest we've been in a very long time as Texans fan. And that is because of CJ Stroud. Now, first question I need to ask you. One, how's it going? And also, does CJ Stroud deserve these early MVP <laughs> conversations that he is getting? I mean, if he's playing like it, he deserves it, man. I think um, I think he's way ahead of schedule, as everybody would imagine. Um <laughs> You know, I always felt that he was the best player in college football. And I know, you know, at that time, Caleb Williams was doing his thing. Caleb Williams is a great talent. But to me, CJ, CJ had a, a poise and an ability to play within the system and continue to get better. And I, I didn't know how good he could continue to get, but I, know, I knew he was going to continue to get better just because of his approach to the game and his understanding of the game. So I'm, I'm just happy – that he is where he is. One thing I, I would caution everybody is that defenses catch up to rookies. Mm -hmm. So they have they always have to take another jump in year two. So that's just the reality of the NFL. Man, Chimney, it's nice to have you on, man. Uh, the question for me is, Ruben's asking about MVP. The national media heads, Richard Sherman being one of them on Undisputed, posed the question, is C.J. Stroud a top 10 quarterback? What are your thoughts behind that? I mean, he's playing like a top 10 quarterback. And, and you know, I mentioned the fact that, you know, defenses start to catch up. One, one thing about rookies who come in and they're really, really good, you know, there's no film on them really in the, at the NFL level. But you start to understand the tendencies. The strength, of, the strength of CJ 
is that a lot of what he gets isn't outside of the plan. Like it's not outside of the system. So it's when you have the, the full system and how the offense is supposed to run behind you, then it becomes you just executing what the coach is trying to do. And CJ is just able to decipher and figure things out. So it's not like he has to break the pocket and scramble and do all these other things um, to, to be effective. So he'll be able to continue to evolve as the offense and the, the offensive coordinator continues to evolve the offense around him. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a real question. I think, I think right now he's playing, playing like a top tier quarterback. And the question is, can he continue, continue to do so? Another question for you. Um, You know, once the draft was started and going, a lot of people were having the conversations about Bryce Young being QB one, CJ being QB two, but did you think that CJ Stroud deserved to be the first quarterback off the board? Was he your number one guy? He was he was my number one guy. Um now I, I you know I'm I'm an Ohio State, you know, alumni, all American at Ohio State. I watched every single Ohio State game two, three, four, five times, right? So um I knew a lot more about CJ than I did did about uh Bryce. Now, I watched Bryce play. I didn't think he was as good as CJ, and I didn't know how much of that was my bias versus mm. um the, the the true comparison because see CJ got punished at Ohio State for the defense not playing up to the same level as Alabama's defense. Mm. So they lost games, they were in closer games, and you know, um opposing teams could play a certain way because they weren't just trying to trying to beat CJ in that offense. They were trying to just outplay the defense on the other side too. Um and then the other the other part of it, Bryce Young is probably a better scrambler than than uh, CJ is, and we kind of we we fall in love nowadays with the ability to run and move in the pocket, which is a strength. But the reality is, when it comes down to being able to throw the ball down the field and throw it accurately, which to me is the biggest strength that a quarterback can have, is accuracy. Um, first level, second level, deep throws, and CJ uh, compared to anybody in college football was the was the best at that specifically. So his his thing was going to have to be, can he, can he translate that to the NFL and can he continue to improve in his ability to process and deliver the ball where it needs to be? You know, we talk about C.J. Stroud in the college. His collegiate career, we go straight to the Georgia game. Pat yeah. McAfee on his show had mentioned they were there on the sidelines watching the game. Pat McAfee immediately went, yeah, C.J. Stroud, that guy's an NFL Sunday quarterback. Was that the game? It doesn't sound like it, but was that the game – for you as well, or what was it prior to that? No, it, it wasn't that. That wasn't the game, and that it's it something that I it bothered me, you know, mm. throughout the season because I could see it since the first. So for me, it was his first game. Uh, it was a game that mm. a lot of Buckeye fans would say he struggled in. It was a uh, uh, playing against Minnesota on the road um, as a Ohio State quarterback. This is his first game in college football, right? And he stepped in. And he still had that same level of poise. Now, he, he missed some throws you know, a, a bit off. But if you watch him, it's like, oh, he's going to get better at that. And if he can continue to improve within the system like he like, like he can do, um, he was going to be good. And then in, in his press conferences, he's a very transparent, transparent individual. So when he's struggling, if you just watch his press conference, he'll say what he's struggling on. He'll say where he needs to improve. He'll say where he missed. And that's what impressed me about CJ is that it's not only that he, you know, he he made some mistakes, but he knows exactly where those mistakes are. And then you watch him the next game, comes back and plays against Oregon, which we 
you know, we uh we lost that game at Ohio State, but it was all because of defense. It was literally all because of defense. He got a lot of the blame, but he had an amazing game. But a lot of the stuff that he mentioned that he struggled at, he you, you saw him correct it in that next game. So it's that ability to continue to grow and to continue to go with that precision that he had that, that showed me that he was that guy. Now, the Georgia game, everybody else saw it in the Georgia game, but the, the thing about the Georgia game is that you gave Ryan Day a couple of weeks to prepare for that defense. It's not in the middle of the season. So now Ryan Day opens up the offense. He knows his defense is struggling, so he gets really aggressive. Um, so, yeah, you you got to see CJ at his best. But, um, yeah, I, I was able to see that, you know, he was he was going to be that type of type of player. Now, I don't know about this type of player, but mm-hmm. he definitely definitely was uh, the top – at the top of the top um, in college football. You know, you already have some people saying that C.J. Stroud is already the best quarterback that Ohio State has ever produced in the NFL. Why is that? Why is it so hard for other um, Ohio State quarterbacks to find success in the NFL? You know, I, I don't, I don't know that it is. I think, I think Ohio State is a victim of their own success, right? Because. You know, one of the other top teams in the Big Ten is Michigan. What Michigan quarterback has? I mean, Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady played twenty years. Who, who, who followed him? So yeah. you know, it's 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 the fact that they get high draft picks, and then you know, a lot of guys don't live up to the, um, I guess what what their expectation. But they also hadn't had that many years in the in the um, in NFL to show it. Dwayne Haskins. Um, RP Dwayne Haskins, he 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 passed early. He still has some time to continue to develop. Justin Fields is is, is struggling now. Justin Fields is a quarterback who uh a lot of gifts, talent. He had a lot of he has a lot of gifts. He has every gift that a quarterback needs physically, athletically, arm strength, everything. Um the difference between Fields and Stroud is Stroud is able to, I think, process things a lot quicker and play within the system. F- uh Justin, who Ohio State fans probably love more than they did CJ Stroud. A lot of his, a lot of what he did didn't come within, you know, the the timing and the uh, within the system and the, within the, how things were supposed to happen. A lot of that stuff he broke the pocket here and there. He had onto the ball a little bit long, so he still has an opportunity to improve in those areas. Um, but I think CJ just if you go back to his high school um, tape and then just even before college, he's just always been a guy who can throw the, uh, throw an accurate pass. And that mm-hmm. gift just makes everything easier for him. And he's and he understands that he has it and he's confident in it. So all the struggles and all the challenges that he's had he has, he knows he can go back to being a very, very accurate quarterback. Um, so he has a he has a gift, man. And I think um I just think he's probably to be honest, he's probably the most talented guy <laughs> when it comes mm. down to it. You know, Chimdi, uh down here in H Town, man, it's been rough for the quarterback position. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we've had one. It went away, and uh, so we move on from that because we don't like to talk about that. Yeah. It's a black guy for us. But C.J. Stroud so far, man, only one interception in his rookie career, mm. and his awareness is something that every former pro athlete that's looking at the film continues to just be astonished by. Is yeah. this something that – Y'all were accustomed to at Ohio State the ability to just not make mistakes because we're not used to that here. (laughs) So you know, I don't think I don't think Ohio State. Ohio State fans are spoiled, so um, we don't we haven't gone through the challenges that that the Texans have gone through, right? (laughs) So 
we didn't really appreciate it. We went from <laughs> we, had, we had Joe Burrow transfer, right? Dwayne Haskins, who was a, a a top five pick, Justin Fields, who was a top five pick, to CJ. So CJ had high expectations coming in. Um, but what I noticed from him, and he he has this famous quote that pissed off a lot of Ohio State fans because um, people kept kept asking, "Why don't you run?" Like there's space sometimes for you to run. Why don't you run? And he's like, "I'm not." I'm not a running back. If we, we want to run the ball, I hand the ball off, right? And that's because he's a very transparent individual. In his mind, he's so confident in his ability to find the open guy and deliver that football accurate that even if there was 10 yards in front of him to run, he's still sitting in the pocket because he's like, I could do it better at just throwing the ball. Um, mm. And there was some downside to it. You know, he, he turned down some opportunities to gain, you know, gain a first down and so with his legs. But the upside to it is that his confidence allows him to continue to improve in those areas, right, which really translates to the NFL. And we watched Caleb Williams in college, and Caleb Williams is an amazing talent. I've seen him turn down so many first downs that were, are within the, the, the timing and the system of the play and turn around and run back and forth, back and forth, and, and make a play. But that's not – let's be honest. That's not NFL football. That's – Something you can do here and there when things break down, but you can't do that consistently play after play. So that doesn't translate well. Now he can he can get that under control after he, you know, he transitions and be a little bit more like Mahomes, who plays within the system until he, he needs to break the pocket. But CJ has always been the player who's been able to be very precise within the within the play. And it's very, it's very reminiscent of like a Tom Brady, right? A Tom Brady who on time, um, very accurate. Just precision over and over and over and over again. And when you do that and you can get in that zone and you can keep getting better within that, you get more and more and more precise. And then for the officer coordinator, this is the luxury of the officer coordinator. Now he can create plays that he knows that he has this guy who can operate this system with so much precision and collectively you can continue to improve over and over again. So when I say CJ has to take another step from an improvement standpoint, it's, it's a little bit easier for him because he's operating within the system. So that so really it's his coordinator that has, that has to make sure that he continues to um, improve. You bring up Tom Brady. He had his Brady moment on Sunday, 46 seconds, 75 yards, game-winning touchdowns, a rookie wide receiver tank. That, what was your reaction to that, man? Because to us it just adds on to the legend of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, so I've been uh, – um... I've been one of CJ's one of CJ's biggest supporters. You know, we had there, there was some rocky games, Michigan game we lost at, at Ohio State, and there was a lot of CJ criticism. And that's when I I, I vocalized my support the loudest. So, you know, because of that, you know, I followed almost everything that he's done so far uh, in the NFL. But during that, I was watching that game, and I had to I had to go vote because I was about to leave leave town or whatever. Um, so I had it on my phone, <laughs> uh, and when I got to the voting booth, it was the last drive was coming up, and I had to, you know, I had to go in there and vote. But I just kept it on my phone anyway. I don't know if that was allowed or or not. But <laughs> I was able to see that play, man. And it, the funny thing is, I had so much confidence that he was going to be able to drive down and make the play. <laughs> and it, it's kind of crazy to think. It's kind of crazy to even think that after, because I was looking back and I was thinking, why was I so confident that this? rookie quarterback was able to do it but it's he's always carried his level of poise 
And he's always carried that level of confidence in himself, which always makes mm. me confident in him and his ability. So, um, yeah, it, it, to me, it's, it's it's reminiscent of Tom Brady. If, uh, there's a lot of mm. comparisons people throw out there, and you typically they typically don't compare a black quarterback to Tom Brady just because, you know, they, they, they look different. Mm, yeah. But, um, the way he plays is very reminiscent to me of, of Tom Brady. And obviously that's a, it's a long way to go to get to the, the level um, that Brady got to. But at least at this point in his career as a rookie, yeah, it's, that, that's the biggest – that's the first connection that comes to mind. That's a lot of fun to hear. That is an exciting thought there. Uh, did so I'm so you said you've watched all of Ohio State's games. Uh, since CJ Stratus got drafted here, have you watched all of the Houston Texans games? I haven't watched all of the Houston Texans games. Um, I've watched them here and there. I've tried to I've tried to pull them up um if I wasn't doing something else, but mm. uh not all of them, but some of them, yeah. So with that, I wanted to know uh did you know that you had so many former and current Houston Texans connections? Who me personally? Yes, I. It, it's fantastic I to think about going through your career. Uh, so I was I was looking through it and doing the research here. 2012, when you were in Oakland, uh, in that staff, uh, you had uh, rest in peace, Greg Knapp, who was your quarterbacks coach. He was here with Gary Kubiak when D'Amico Ryan's was a player here. Uh, Frank Pollock, who was, I believe, an assistant offensive lines coach there, who was also, or might have been the O-lines coach there, but he was an assistant yep. here in Houston when D'Amico was a player. There's a lot of connections. Yep. Johnny Holland was the linebackers coach here in Houston. D'Amico was a player, also followed him when he was with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. And into this current day, like I went back to 2016 in Miami with you, Danny Barrett was there with you. He was the running backs coach uh, now with the Texans right now. Shane Day, who is a senior offensive assistant now with the Texans. Yeah. Matt Burke, who is your linebackers coach, yeah. <laughs> he, and he's our defensive coordinator. You, you're smiling right now. Everyone has a great Matt Burke story. Do you have one for us? I don't. I don't personally <laughs> have that. Comes, not, not that. Not that comes to mind off the top yeah. of my head. No. The, the last one, your DB's coach is who we are going to be playing against Sunday with the Bengals. Your DB's coach in Miami was Lou Anarumo, yeah. and he is the defensive coordinator doing a fantastic job with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what do you know about Lou Anarumo? And maybe give some thoughts to the Texans fan base that is uh, trying to get away with something to see maybe they could pull a W out yeah. of Cincinnati. Yeah, so so Lou's a, uh, just a smart guy. Um, I played against him when I was at Ohio State. He was he was a D coordinator at Purdue, um, and then when yeah when I was in Miami, he was my DB coach. And I was just so hoping for him to get a, a D coordinator job, um, or maybe even a head coaching job. Uh, just the the, the type of coach he is. I mean, he he's gonna he's gonna try to take away the windows for CJ to to to, to throw. He's gonna he's gonna play some coverage, rely on that. Defensive line to try to get pressure up front. Uh, he's not going to blitz too much. He's going to try to play it smart. He's likely going to have something for first half, and then maybe some something to change up for the second half. But his biggest thing is really going to try to hold the skies, play coverage, and really close those windows for CJ, um, and and rely on that defensive line to to, to get home. 
Great insight. Um, I want to take you back to the draft process of CJ Stroud. Um, the S2 scores and that whole conversation were <laughs> very loud with CJ Stroud. And, yeah. you know, to the point where they said that his low scores were reason for him not to be taken high into, you know, high in the first round. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, so I honestly felt like somebody was trying to get him to drop in the draft. I don't know. Mm. It was it was a weird situation because it went from CJ could likely be the number one overall pick, but may it may be it may be Bryce Young, but CJ could be the number number one overall pick. To literally every other quarterback expected to go before him, and I'm like, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like there hadn't been nothing. Hadn't, the football was over. There wasn't nothing going on. They started coming out with reports about him missing Man- Manning camp. And then the, the the test score. So I hadn't heard of that test before, going mm. uh, before this uh, most most recent. Yeah, us either. I had never heard of it before. Um, I th- I I think it's just one of those extra. They try to me- they try to measure everything they can, yeah. right? Um, but I I just I didn't understand what was happening. Um, and honestly, you know, it's it. A lot of reports was coming out. It made it seem like the Texans weren't interested in him at all. So I didn't, I didn't know. Like I just started to kind of, um, I really started to make jokes about it, right? Because it, none of it made any sense. Um, it still doesn't make any sense. And I think the Panthers are kicking themselves for for really not picking a guy who actually I thought best fit <laughs> the coach and what he wants to do. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't know what all that stuff is about, man. I'm glad he said what he said. CJ is always very transparent. He said, "I don't take tests. I'm not. I'm not good at tests. I, I, I don't take tests. I play football, right?" Um, and I thought that was well put. <laughs> yeah, that the the whole pre-draft chatter around CJ Stroud leading up to April was crazy. Uh, it definitely so it definitely felt like, and, and this is coming from the Pat McAfee show. But yeah. the conspiracy theories they have as to who it could have been. And the one of them being the Tennessee Titans. It could have been the Tennessee Titans who were the – or the actually the Indianapolis Colts, excuse me. They yeah. were third with Anthony Richardson. And, hell, it could have been the Titans. Who knows? Maybe they trade up to go get him. Who knows? Um, they ended up still taking a quarterback, which fell later for them in Will Levis. Um, but they had it where the Colts – where this team may be throwing all the garbage on C.J. Stroud to hope that he could fall to a Shane Steichen in Indianapolis. Or yeah. then you really put on the, the tinfoil hat and said, maybe it was the Texans all along so the Panthers don't take C.J. Stroud. Because, it, like, to your credit, it made so much sense that Frank Reich, his style of play, his quarterbacks that he has played with or has had coached under – you know, yeah. like C.J. Stroud fit that mold. And I'm here talking about all the rookie quarterbacks. At in, you know, I know you have the Ohio State bias, but it's yeah. very it's very uh, nice to have when you're on a Texans <laughs> podcast. Uh, at the end of the day, let's take a look into the future. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the people are talking. Man, the AFC South could be – something like a dog fight going into the future yeah what what do you think about the future of this afc south actually the future of the afc south yeah with their quarterbacks as of right now yeah i mean 
I don't know if I'm buying this this dog fight based on the current based on the quarterbacks. You know, I, I I think just from the rookie standpoint, I think um I always thought CJ had uh, the highest floor. You know, like say he didn't continue to improve and get better and better, just as uh, from a base level um, compared to a, a Bryce Young who you know, it was a smaller guy who was going to have to figure out how do I, how do I do this in the NFL? Cause it's not going to look the same when I get the ball. Um, Anthony Richardson. So guy I talked to while he was still in college early um, in the season after he had a few great games. Um, he's a guy that has the talent, the physical tools bigger than uh, Justin Fields, but similar to Justin Fields, he has the, the physical tools, but he doesn't have the processing um, ability uh, right now of a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or the, the accuracy um of cj so i think um he has work to do you know mm. you know we say high ceiling but we base it off athleticism right mm. sometimes we got to look at you know where they're already at from a ability to process and deliver the ball and if they can get even better i mean what was tom brady's ceiling right 20 years of of, of hall of fame level play so um but in terms of the in terms of the the division i honestly don't know you know, I honestly don't know. I know the Texans got a quarterback that could probably play football for the next decade or, or more. Um, they got a, a great young coach, defensive-minded coach, who is, is likely going to continue to build a, a good, solid defense. Um, and I think they're well-positioned into the future. I can't necessarily speak for all the teams. I haven't watched a ton of NFL football, but I do like what the Texans have going for them. Yeah, um, and just one for me. Um, I want to ask you your thoughts on our new head coach, D'Amico Ryans. How do you think he's done so far this season and your reaction to when the Houston Texans hired him? Yeah, I was excited when they hired him. I was I was excited when they hired him. Um, I thought it was I thought it was the right hire. I think he's gonna be a great leader for this team. And I, I think he's way ahead of schedule as well because of mm. because of CJ. So I, I honestly I honestly thought Next year was gonna be the year where we they looked like they looked like this. Thought CJ needed one year to kind of get a feel for. It. I thought he was gonna be a solid rookie quarterback when you say, "Oh, he's gonna be a really good player," but I, I thought it was gonna take a year for him to figure it out. I think they kind of hit the ground running. Um, and yeah, it, I, I also didn't expect the Texans to make all of these right decisions, man. That, that <laughs> they, consistent. They, they made the coaching hire. So they let go. They let go of Lovey Smith. He won the last game of the season. I'm like, they may not be able to get the quarterback they want. Then they made the coaching hire, and I'm like, man, that's a good hire. And then you know all the stuff came out about you know CJ not Texas not being interested. I'm like, yeah, there, there they go. They're just gonna shoot themselves in the foot again. Mm-hmm. And then they and then they uh, drafted CJ. They brought in a, a young receiver as well. And I'm like, man, they are making just the right moves consistently. Um, and that's what it takes, for real. That's what it takes when it comes down to it, just consistently hitting and making the right decisions um, and having the right leader. And the age, like, like just the, the young players and the young coach, um, I mean, they just they just got their foundation built. So they're in, they're in a good spot. Mm. You're a former cornerback, Chimdi. I got to ask you, Derek Stingley Jr. had been dealing with a hamstring injury for close to eight weeks now and what do you have and i'm sure you've probably had a hamstring injury know about it pretty well uh 
why would a hamstring injury to just give some knowledge to some of the people that have been asking why he's been out so long? Why would you think a hamstring injury would lead to eight weeks? So let me give you some context. So the hamstring injury is why I went on IR my rookie year. Yes. And the mm-hmm. hamstring injury is why, why I, uh, is what ended my career as well. I had a, um, it got really serious. Uh, my hamstring tendon tore off the bone, kind of rolled up in the back of my leg, and I just, mm-hmm. you know, I said, you know what, I'm done. But the the challenge with a hamstring is that when you you tear the hamstring. When it heals, it's just like scar tissue. It's like really rough um, muscle. It's almost like a scab. It's like a scab. And the, the challenge is when it heals, when you think you're good, you almost got to wait two more weeks. Because once you start playing again, um, it's almost like that scab pulls off. And now you got a fresh hamstring injury again. So then you get a setback. So usually when it takes a long time to heal, it means you try to come back. You, you know, you, you try to run on it. You try to do something thinking that, you know, I'm progressing towards playing. Then you have a setback. And now you got to start the mm. timeline, all the, you know, the, the timeline all over again. So, um, yeah, the hamstring is one of the, the worst things because your entire body feels – everything feels good, right? And you may even feel like I could run full speed. And you may even be able to do it once. Mm. And then you try to go through old practice and boom – you re-injure it, you pretty much pull that scab back off, and then now you you, you start the clock back off. You got to wait a couple of weeks and then go through the, the rehab process again. So I think that's what he's probably dealing with. Um, the key is getting healthy and then waiting a couple more weeks and then coming out there um, and playing. And that's always a challenge because you don't have that many weeks <laughs> to wait in a football season. Chimney, we want to thank you so much for being a part of today's episode of Believe in the Houston Texans, former Ohio State Buckeye, former NFL cornerback. Can you let the fans in Houston know where they can find your latest work? Yeah, so I host a podcast. Any any of my Buckeye fans, uh, Believe in Buckeye podcast with one of my, my former uh, Buckeye teammates, Brian Browning. Um, I'm also on Twitter, uh, at ChimCheck, C-H-I-M-C-H-E-K. I'm on Instagram at chimcheck35. Um, and yeah, man, just, you know, follow me on those platforms. Um, I put out, you know, some other content content on YouTube as well. So, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Love talking about CJ. <laughs> That's for sure. Yo, uh, hey, we will <laughs> love to have you on more, you know, as the legend continues to grow. For sure. Look, uh, one one last thing from you. I, I saw, you know, I was reading. I did my research. I got to do my research. You just mentioned your teammate, Mr. Browning, former yeah. tight end from the Ohio State Buckeyes. Look, man, I heard y'all got a little barbecue thing. Yeah. Y'all, do y'all still have that? Yeah, so we, 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 so we don't anymore. So it's still exactly. going. So if you're ever in Columbus, Ohio, the pit, the pit barbecue grill in Columbus, me and Brian uh, kind of sold out of our, our share of it. But initially, yeah, it started with, you know, me, Brian, and two other guys that I was friends with in the Columbus, Ohio um, area. We started a barbecue back in 2016 um, and just recently kind of moved on to do some other things. But um, y'all, y'all, got good, y'all got good barbecue down there in Texas, man. Oh, come bit, on. A little bit. You know? Come yeah, on. That's the, that's the place. So um, you know? we, we try to keep up up here in Ohio, you know, we try to. <laughs> Try to match that same energy that y'all got down there in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Jail football barbecue. That's what we got down here, man. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online, guys. 
Go Houston, thank uh, Texans. Once again, Chindi, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, you have a blessed rest of your night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.